This is Matthew Cutler-Welsh with Passive House Accelerator and thanks for tuning in to this special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast recorded live at FierceCon 23 here in Houston, Texas. And a big thanks to Zola Windows for their support for this series. I'm pleased to be here with uh, Charles or Chuck. Chuck, McBride. Either way is good. Um, who gave a, a great presentation today on navigating uh, what new climates. Um, how, how did you describe? What was the title of your presentation? It's called Navigating New Climates, and it was really just some case studies of three single-family houses that we're doing in North Texas. And you've been here for the whole day today. Have, yeah. you, have you found the conference in general? I love the FiasCon conference and um it's great that it's in houston this year absolutely i mean that one of the reasons i was keen to come was because where i am it's warm uh and humid so i was really excited to hear about uh building in uh, warm humid climates so how's that been for you what's what's brought you to be doing passive house in climates like this because you're you're in fort worth which is four hours away but it's similar climate there it's it's similar. It's not as hot and humid as Houston is, but it's it's pretty close. Yeah. Um, I've been in Texas four years only, and before this, I was in a cold climate, and so I'm learning about it just as much as everybody else here. Where were you based prior? Uh, I'd been in South Dakota for eight years, and before that, in Colorado. So what, what, have you, what are the main differences you've made in the, in the work that you're doing now, doing passive house in this type of environment? A lot of it is trying to introduce it to people. Um, it, in the, on the coasts or in the northeast or in the northwest, everybody's familiar with it. And the ideas of building science are really well understood inside the industry, but um, that's not the case here. Yeah. And so there are a handful of enlightened clients that I've been lucky enough to connect with. And they're all over it. But in general, the building industry isn't. Yeah. You were able to present three projects today, uh, which is uh, pretty remarkable, given that it's pretty early days. So it's very early interest in Passive House in, in this part of the world. Um, three quite different projects, but also some similarities. What, what do you see as, as similar with those projects? Well, two of them are single-family houses. Um, they're both using an ICF wall system and a SIP roof system. Um, the third house is part of a uh, micro-community of tiny homes that is uh, an initiative that we're working on with the design build program at UT Arlington. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, uh, we've got the ability to build 12 of these units. And so we're, we've initiated a kind of comparative analysis and hoping that we'll be able to get a, one of them to be a passive house uh, certified and be able to compare it against some of the other certifications like ZERH and Energy Star. But you're also doing one just pretty much to code. Is that right? Well, that's, yes, that's correct. So one of those, we're calling it our baseline house and it's meeting the, um, the 2021 uh, IECC. Is it, is it frustrating having to build a house to code, knowing that it's not going to be 
as good just for the purpose of comparing it to something like Passive House? Well, you know, what's funny is that the 2021 IECC is not still the most accepted code here in Texas. And the city of Arlington has actually adopted it, but um, the, the builders and the inspectors are still learning it. So even building a baseline house, like we're calling it, um, is a kind of a new thing. Because it, it feels, I had in my mind, it feels a bit like giving someone a placebo, knowing that you're giving them a placebo <laughs> and that they're not going to be as comfortable as the people you, you're giving the nice passive house to. Yeah. But I guess if it's not that bad, what is the uplift? You know, what is the key difference between that standard and the passive house one? Well, um, I, th- there's all the certification levels, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, we all know that the Passive House standard is kind of the strictest as far as performance and metrics and so forth. And, yeah. you know, all we're trying to do is set up these four houses as a, as a comparative uh, community so we can look at performance. We can do monitoring uh, after occupancy. Um, and it's also been a tool for teaching our students at UTA. And so not only is it about performance, but it's also about uh, construction systems, different um, wall assemblies, roof assemblies, and so on. Why SIPs and ICF? They're fairly common in Texas. I wish they were a little more common, but um, there's a, you know, an advantage to prefabrication that is another one of the lessons that we were trying to introduce to our students. Yeah. And you're sh- you showed quite a nice detail today of how well a SIP panel roof uh, connects or can be connected to a, an ICF wall uh, and junctions can be the trickiest part. So uh, that must be helpful to have something that goes together quite nicely. We're figuring it out. Right. Yeah. Well, nicely, as I say, the picture looked nice. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got we've got some ideas about it. Yeah. Um, the the SIP industry and ICF industry, I'm not sure if they've really come to a consensus on what that attachment looks like. Right. Right. Um, and then, is it, did that have a, a clip on um, Eve on the side of it? Uh, yeah. I mean, so there's a couple ways to do it. You can just extend the SIP panel as an Eve, um, or or you can you know, scab on uh, a smaller Eve. Yeah. And I, I think we're trying them both on, on the different projects. Yeah. And just remind me, did, were you insulating the, the, the floor as well around the, around the bottom? The, yes, we're doing under slab uh, insulation. And right. that was a topic of conversation that we had in the session today um, that it, it seems like it makes more sense in northern texas um but it may be something that makes less sense here in houston there's that i think there's just enough difference in the climate types that uh the doing sub slab insulation makes still makes sense yeah for the modeling yeah it's it's very interesting seeing where uh slab insulation makes sense and where it doesn't for the purpose of uh letting the ground be a cold sink uh, and there seems to be a bit of a sweet spot um, 
which highlights the, the, the value of modeling, really, to figure out what the best solution is uh, in a particular place. You mentioned students. So you're, you're teaching as well as um, doing your own builds? I'm an um, assistant professor at UT Arlington. Yeah. And yeah, we're, I'm, we're trying to introduce building science as part of our design build program and, um, you know, relay its importance. I think that the, you know, students are really open to it and, and they're, they're curious about, um, you know, what it means to be sustainable. Yeah. You know, in very general terms, but um, getting into the nitty gritty is something that they really want. Do you worry at all about students going out into the quote-unquote real world once they graduate and getting employed by a firm and, and then getting told this is the way we do things and to forget all that green stuff that you've been taught? Well, yeah, I worry about that, but my my hopes is that the students don't just settle for, you know, the first job that they get. Right. Um, yeah. It's a little bit different for the students these days, um, maybe than when I graduated, but um, there's still lots of work. Yeah. And so the students have some options yeah. on where they land, yeah. which is good. Um, and I think, you know, like it or not, there is um, uh, an understanding that sustainable practice is inevitable. We have to think about it. Well, it's great that they've got good people like yourself and good projects to work on. Thank you. I hopefully uh, inspire that. So where to from here? Where would you like to see things in the next uh, three years or even when we, when we check in next, next year's con? Where, where would you want to be? I'd like to see some multifamily starting to happen in, in DFW. Yeah. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I think that um, there's – there's some policy issues that make it difficult, right? Um, unfortunately, um, but it, it's not unlike some of the issues that we were running into in the Midwest. Um, and you know, hopefully, there'll there'll be a, a, a change in attitude as far as that goes. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, thank you, Chuck. Appreciate thank you. it. My pleasure.